chapter ten part one of the cellar house of pervyse by mary chisholm and elsie knocker this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter ten part one varied life in pervyse in any society in the world two such attractive women would excite a good deal of admiration but out here where the raw edge of life was so apparent and recreation of any sort was so scarce they shone brilliantly gipsy is by nature very outspoken and in her dealings with headquarters she had made every one she met understand very clearly just what she wanted and how it was to be done and done it generally was her excessive frankness did not always make for friendship and some people were even offended by her outspokenness she was so quick and efficient herself that she had not much of that patience which suffers fools gladly though she could be patience itself with suffering like all natures which have a touch or more than a touch of genius in them she was very original up and down and full of facets showing first one side and then another until some people thought they would never be able to understand her her stern determination to get through against opposition her rapier strokes at those who stood in the way showed an entirely different side of her character from that she displayed in off times when she was as much a child as the best belgian among them she threw off cares and concentrated herself entirely on the moment and being an excellent mimic and very versatile she could entertain any one until they too forgot the sadness of the world around and were completely absorbed in her the wonderful position in which she found herself had been entirely due to her own brilliant idea and quick grasp of what was necessary in the first instance and her wonderful perseverance in the second she never spared herself and never rested till she had put through what she had set her mind on but she hated detail in developing the large outline of a scheme lay her strength the detail must be carried out by others like many another of the same temperament she could not be bothered with small businesses as the indian fortune-teller said she needed someone behind who would pick up what she dropped and see that she did not kill herself with excess of energy and mary was exactly the person required mary is eminently sane and steady she cannot bear to sit down in an untidy room she must know where to lay hands on anything that might be needed at a moment's notice she is free from any trace of egotism and has a large capacity for hero-worship yet withal the shrewdness not to offer it at unworthy shrines she is keen competent and trustworthy and the two together at pervyse made a perfect combination the officers who surrounded them adored them as was only natural and were equally divided in their admiration of madame and miss dr van der Ginst, through whose frank cheeriness there ran a deeper undercurrent of observation and perception was a constant friend and adviser he very nearly fulfilled the highest ideal of manhood one who could have bestowed the most patient attention on the wounded finger of someone else even though he himself was bleeding to death from something much more serious since the two had arrived in pervyse he had always been ready to listen and to enter into any plan for the welfare and comfort of the soldiers he was an unfailing inspiration in the work he was more fortunate than many for his wife was safe and even paid a visit to pervyse another of the belgian officers of whom the two had seen a good deal in furne was captain robert de Ville, 
and when he turned up and became observation officer in pervyse they were delighted he was a perfect companion he never needed entertaining but it always seemed it was just right for him to be there what higher tribute could mortal man desire he got into the way of dropping in most evenings and then there was patience or jigsaw puzzles or best of all discussions on those deep questions which must lie below the surface in the hearts of all thoughtful men and women and which are revealed at times when the bare facts of human existence lie starkly uncovered and all spurious sentiment falls away these discussions meant much to gipsy who needed mental stimulation they left both her and mary refreshed and brightened the nearer to the trenches the gayer we are she exclaimed one day and indeed it is not only at pervyse this truth is apparent it is in the intervals of great crises that men let themselves go with light-heartedness the heights are proportionate to the depths into no humdrum life has ever entered the utter abandonment of gaiety felt at times by those who have faced incredible danger and hardship all happiness lies in contrast one morning gipsy was alone in the cellar for a marvel she was reading a very dirty old magazine in a rare interval of leisure for there was no call for her services someone knocked and came slowly down the steps she saw in a moment in spite of the dim light that this was a newcomer and not any of the officers she had yet met he was very tall so tall that he could not stand upright in the cellar though he tried more than once and he wore the smart uniform of the guide with crimson breeches shining boots green tunic and peaked cap somehow she felt unaccountably embarrassed and suddenly aware that she was in soiled clothes sitting on a heap of straw in a most unbecoming way what was it in the presence of this young man he was only a lieutenant that should shed such a brilliant illumination on things it was very remarkable and she felt inclined to laugh not knowing that with him had entered her fate courteously saluting he handed her a message from his colonel and turned to retrace his steps and as he went he smiled a smile that lit up his face and indeed the whole cellar that smile seemed positively to linger and irradiate everything in a remarkable way she felt unusually shy about mentioning the incident to mary and it was not until they passed him one day on his way to the trenches when he smiled again as he saluted and mary asked casually who's that the gypsy owned having met him at all i don't know his name he came with a message from the colonel she said and felt to her dismay that she was growing very red as she spoke it was less than a week after that the young lieutenant once again appeared this time bearing a box of marron glass as a present from the colonel a very welcome sight it was for they both loved sweets indeed gipsy once plaintively remarks in one of her home letters there is no more chocolate in the whole of belgium and none in dunkirk so i feel horribly lonely whether it was the marron glace or the smile she could not tell but from that date she had a feeling of security and comfort so long as the young lieutenant was in the trenches though they saw very little of him pervyse seemed in a miraculous way to have become a safe and singularly happy place and when a couple of months later he was suddenly transferred elsewhere and went without a good-bye though she saw him march off it seemed as if the whole side of pervyse had been laid bare and the germans might sweep in at any moment one day a little later she found it impossible to get a necessary matter attended to i will go myself 
and speak to headquarters about it she said it's the only way to get anything done so she mounted her motorcycle and went off intending to let headquarters see how very unpleasant she could make herself when they would not attend to her wishes she had been feeling like that lately as if she rather wanted to blow someone up nerves she called it to herself now as she ran out on the long raised road she had to stop for a moment to attend to her cycle and a car which was careering along from the opposite direction stopped just beside her while the occupants showed the sentries their papers with a start which thrilled right through her gypsy saw that young lieutenant de cercles whose name she had now learned was in the car and that he was in a new uniform with the wings of an aviator on his sleeve again that happy smile seemed to strike through her but no word passed between them she mounted her cycle and involuntarily looked back as the car spun on its way it was the most curious coincidence but the lieutenant looked back too at precisely the same moment somehow the feeling of annoyance and nerves fell from gypsy she suddenly felt herself again and noticed how the larks were singing in the battered fields around she changed her mind after all she wasn't going to bully headquarters she didn't feel she wanted to bully anyone to-day and she rode back again to pervise in a state of serene bliss supplying soup and chocolate was not the whole reason for the settlement at pervise or indeed the chief one there were casualties to be attended to and much suffering saved the word casualties by no means implies only actual wounds caused by weapons but all those terrible hurts due to the exposure of men's bodies in circumstances of hardship and want the intense cold and the lack of proper clothing had their share in bringing about misery and suffering which in a minor degree but still quite appreciably affected the fighting power of belgium bare toes met the frost through burst boots and pneumonia and bronchitis supervened upon nights of shivering soaked bodies gypsy wrote home urgently for clothes clothes of any description they were not particular at that time the belgian army was not clad in khaki and the soldiers were ready enough to snatch up any warm garment they could find a motley crowd they looked sometimes but they were units whose individualism would have stood a stronger test than a lack of uniformity in garments which might have imperiled the cohesion of a german regiment i wish i could get hold of some society that has heaps and heaps of soldiers clothing gypsy says helmets scarves boots and socks from the first the post was on an organized and systematic footing there were to be no casual loiterers playing at stomach-ache to secure the comforts it offered every man who came to ask for the ladies assistance had to bring a letter from his commanding officer warranting that he was in need of it such varying needs too one had caught his hand on a nail and the wound was festering another was in agony with swollen inflamed feet a third was quite done up nothing to show except that he was incapable of the smallest exertion him they fed and put into what they called the blesse bed in the corner because it was devoted to the soldiers they piled up hot water bottles round him and let him sleep the clock round after which he arose a new man every morning one or other of the two was up at six to see alexander did not neglect his duties in getting the fire alight mary sometimes went foraging and though she generally started alone she was seldom allowed to return so to the belgian officers her roguish smile and the dimple in her sweet face were like sunlight and she never lacked admirers 
but among them all she passed unscathed her heart was not easy to reach she was charming to all with a frank independence that was like that of a delightful boy and was new to most of them in a woman she made use of them and listened to their chaff or their compliments with just the same manner and the humour she shared in common with most of her countrymen despite the gross libel kept alive by those who wouldn't know a scot if they met one was constantly in play her nerve was unassailable she went to dig up potatoes and came back laden through a shower of shrapnel which she apparently regarded much as she would a shower of rain here is an account of one such incident in her own words we found some potatoes up the road past the trenches then we went right to the other side of the village to get some cabbages when we had cut them we wanted to wash them and were shown a well this done we started back just behind the church we were warned it was impossible to get back as the germans were plumping shrapnel across the road we decided to take our chance so went on immediately the shrapnel came whistling along and burst just over us so we ducked in under a house then we went on again and got in safely the shrapnel continued all the morning and with this life so full and rich in the most life-giving element of all the knowledge that one's presence is almost indispensable to the well-being and happiness of many a great peace descended on the two shell-fire the desolation of that curved street with gaping wounds and the lack of all amenities had not power to affect them they quickly grew to love their little cellar-house and to feel that it was a true home one morning they awoke to a perfect fusillade of rifle-fire and for the first grave moment thought the germans had really broken through and were charging up the village street they climbed up out of their shelter and gazed down the street for as gypsy said curiosity beat fear they saw no germans so they scampered along in the direction of the trenches determined at all costs to satisfy their curiosity and there they met a dismal procession one or two men were being helped along as they stumbled and stayed leaving heavy red drops on the road others were being carried on stretchers and the cause was that one of the trenches had caught fire and a quantity of ammunition had given a demonstration on its own account with the result that no less than six soldiers suffered they were tenderly cared for for by this time mary was a most efficient assistant far better after her practical experience than many who have spent months in bandaging imaginary patients but all this was done under great difficulties there was no clean running water no sinks and other appliances only a dim dark cellar so small that one could hardly turn round no room to store anything constant curtailment of everything that a medical man would have looked upon as indispensable the shortage of water was a great bother there had been numerous pumps and wells but most of them were choked or smashed it was a great triumph when the genius alexander poking about by himself in the dusty heaps of bricks and great fallen beams that now represented pervyse actually discovered a pump in working order with that phlegm which was his most valuable quality he annexed the top part of the pump so that no one else could use it and so exhaust the supply as water even for drinking or cooking purposes was scarce it may be deduced that water for baths was unobtainable it was so at first and as the two slept night after night in their clothes a proceeding which exhausts a woman far more than a man a bath became a thing to sigh for 
of all the luxuries in england the wide rooms the dainty food and accessories the soft sheets the thought of a hot bath was the most alluring the best they could do was to get a bucket of hot water occasionally but the difficulty was to know when to make use of it for the cellar-house was never free from intrusion any moment night or day it might be that mary had stationed herself on the topmost rung of the ladder to scare away all comers while gipsy had a delicious wash below but who was to foretell whether at that very moment when the bather was most helpless before convention a desperate wounded man needing immediate succour might not materialise at last a bath was discovered a real porcelain bath of the latest kind a most unusual thing to be in a belgian village at all it was unearthed in one of the tumble-down houses and carted bodily into one of the ruined rooms above the cellar where by disregarding the risk of being shelled at any minute one could have a bath with the strictly minimum amount of privacy necessary for decency but before this great find was made gipsy getting desperate borrowed a beautiful horse belonging to one of the officers and rode into l'esperance the little place where dr van der ginst and other officers were now quartered there was a tiny inn and the possibility of a wholesale wash just as she arrived there she met an englishman she looked at him keenly and he at her and for a moment they paused not knowing whether the flash of familiarity that passed between them was merely due to the magnetic attraction of a countryman and woman in a strange land or the result of real acquaintance somewhere in that old almost forgotten life lived once centuries ago before the war gipsy recovered first as the woman invariably does she leaned down over her horse's silky neck and said softly it was hard luck that you couldn't manage that last rise at leith hill you would have beaten me quick as a flash the newcomer retorted laughing my own fault for having let the beastly thing leak all the petrol had run out then they plunged into delightful reminiscences of the day of the motorcycle contest and hill-climbing test but all at once gipsy sat up straight and her delicate eyebrows drew together with an expression of anxiety she looked back the way she had come firing he said following her glance they say the boches are shelling pervise pervise she sat straighter oh yes a few shells pervise often gets those but this is a storm so they say he answered waving indifferently toward two officers who had come out and were standing at the entrance of the inn i must go back instantly all thoughts of her bath were merged in the remembrance that mary was there alone in that tornado far worse than anything they had yet been subjected to at the post the englishman caught her rein go back good lord why you're well out of it she only laughed flicked her rein from his hand and with a cool nod trotted off hard toward the ominous sound dismounting on the outskirts of pervise she hitched the horse up in one of the broken-down barns and went on on foot but the firing was terrific shells began to burst around and involuntarily she sprang to the meagre shelter of some broken walls then woffington came round the corner driving a car as hard as he could go with that curious silence they had already noticed which made it seem like an object in a cinematograph she stepped out and shouted to him to stop and woffington who always had his wits about him obeyed coolly he said miss chisholm had sent him post-haste for the doctor as a lot of wounded had been brought in however he turned without cavil and carried mrs knocker back into the deadly fire zone setting her down at the cellar before once more he reversed his car and ran out on his errand 
and to his credit it may be noted his hand did not shake nor had his colour in any way abated end of chapter ten part one recording by expatriate in bangor maine